Welcome to Mix in America season two. That's right, this is the second season of Mix in America. Uh, I decided that I wanted to do a second season. Uh, main difference will be you can see me now. If you're watching on YouTube, I am recording video for, for all of these, hopefully all of them for me, for the conversations I have. Uh, they're all gonna be video as well. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or um, Spotify or anywhere else you're listening to a podcast, you can also watch the video on YouTube. Uh, if you want to see me for some reason, uh, maybe you're just curious on on what I look like. If you don't know me and you're like, oh, I've been listening to these podcasts. Uh, the guy says he's mixed. What does he look like? This is what I look like. Um, I will say this is the lightest I normally am. Uh, Minnesota winters got me looking real white. Um, but, you know, in August, come back in August, I'll look a little bit darker. But but this is what I look like. This is me. Uh, you might want to, when I have some of the guests, maybe you want to see him whenever. Um, so you can always watch the videos uh, on YouTube, but also if you just listen to the podcast audio only, that's fine too. But this is season two. I, I, you know, I titled this episode specifically. It's not over because this podcast is not over. I'm still doing it. Right. That's clever. I'm going to talk about a couple other things that aren't over, but one of the things that's not over. The first thing I'm going to talk about not being over is this podcast. Uh, this podcast is at least a second season. You know, I thought about it, prayed about it, was trying to decide whether I should do a second season or not. Uh, season one really accomplished kind of what I wanted to, which was just a place for me to get my thoughts and feelings out. So if you want to go back and listen to season one, hear a lot of my thoughts about racism, about police brutality, about what was going on in our city uh, during the summer, right after the death of George Floyd. I talked about white privilege. You know, I talked about um, my, my identity struggles. Um, I talked and then, and then I had a lot of conversations with a lot of good people. Uh, my parents, my, my wife, some close friends and, and family members, some, some interviews I didn't expect to get like Shawnee Johnson, wife of former gopher, uh, who made friendship bracelets to help kind of raise money for businesses that were harmed during, uh, the riots and looting in Minneapolis. So, so I did that. And I really was good. I got 20 episodes in, a lot of good stuff that was said. Encourage you to go back and listen if you haven't yet. But I was trying to decide if I wanted to do a second season. And I was really thinking like, really, is anyone really still talking about this? Conversation's still happening. Um, I feel like we've kind of moved on from from this summer when everyone was talking about it. Um, and I, I wasn't sure if, if people still wanted to hear and have these conversations. And I decided... Um, actually what kind of pushed me over the edge, I decided I was going to do it, but what kind of pushed me over the edge was I ran into pastor Terrence Reeves Chong at a wedding, uh, this fall. And we kind of caught up just about life and how things are going and whatnot. And he, he told me a little bit about his heritage, his family history, some stuff that he had just learned, but also his perspective, his, his story a little bit. Uh, and I was like, man, I, I really want to get this recorded for the podcast. And I decided that even though maybe people aren't talking about it enough um, anymore, um, I thought maybe about doing a, a second uh, kind of a special episode on the side. Um, but really, I was like, you know what? Let's keep talking about it. Maybe the fact that people aren't talking about it as much as they were this summer is a good reason for me to keep going. Um, so I, I did the interview with Terrence that's coming up. Um, and I just want and I and I talked to a couple other people, um, did a video at church with some high school students uh, they had some really profound stuff to say at 15, 16, 17 years old. Uh, and so I, I'm going to try to get them on for a podcast. Um, I just, I really want to keep sharing perspectives and I want to keep talking about my thoughts and feelings, but really, um, share these conversations. 
And so that's what I'm going to do. So that's going to be season two. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to share some of these conversations um, and and really some different ones too. Um, yes, black and white, but obviously um, other races out there that have different perspectives than mine. My roommate in college actually said he would join me. Hopefully he does soon, but uh, he's Hispanic. He's uh, Puerto Rican and Guatemalan. So he's got a different perspective that I don't really know about because I don't I haven't experienced that. Um, so I want to talk to him about about his his perspective, his heritage, his culture. Another thing that I want to talk about is not over is this current movement that we're in. Uh, and I was didn't know what to call it really. I, I was hesitant to use the Black Lives Matter movement. Maybe that's kind of how people are defining it right now, and maybe that is um, a good definition or a good label for this current movement that we're in right now. I didn't really want to necessarily um, give that much credit to the organization, I guess. Uh, maybe I should, but I also don't want people to think a certain way because that phrase, Black Lives Matter, um, has people, can be triggers, I guess, for people or has people think in a sort of way. Because um, some people do think about that organization when they hear the phrase Black Lives Matter, they think about that organization um, that they might not agree with 100%. And I don't agree politically with everything that that organization stands for. But those three words in that order, Black Lives Matter, is a duh, obviously, um, that shouldn't be a discussion. There should be no response when somebody says Black Lives Matter, um, which is why it's important to define our terms, to talk about what we're talking about. Uh, I'm not going to go into that a lot here, but that's just a maybe a free nugget for you. Define your terms. Talk about what you're talking about. If you say Black Lives Matter, are you talking about the organization or not? Because somebody... Maybe you are, and that's fine if that's what you want to do, but but understand when I say that, I'm not necessarily, and so people might argue with me, or they might argue with people that say Black Lives Matter, when really they agree that Black Lives Matter, they just don't agree with the organization. So it's important to kind of define, talk about your terms a little bit um, when you're having these conversations. But so I don't, I don't know, whatever you want to call this movement I talked about, it seems like people aren't talking as much about race, aren't having these conversations, aren't trying to... This, this movement has maybe slowed down a little bit since the summer, but it's not over. This movement is not over. This, this current generation kind of rising up and, and fighting equality, uh, isn't, fighting for equality is not over. Um, it's still happening. There's still um, people trying to make a difference, and there's still differences that need to be made. Um, it's not solved. It's not, it's not over. It's not... It's not the solution isn't here. We haven't broken the cycle yet. Um, and so that's not over. And so I, that's why I want to keep having these conversations because because it's still going on. Because I don't know if, if people stopped talking as much. Maybe they are and I'm just not hearing it as much. But maybe the conversations have quieted um, because people got bored. Or maybe, maybe some solutions have been found, but not that I know of. I don't want the protests and the riots and, and the things to continue. But I want them to stop because solutions have been found, not because people just got bored with it and don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, I would like to to find solutions. And so we don't keep continuing to do the same thing because it does feel like we're in um, this cycle, right, where every generation to a certain extent has their um, moment, their movement, their things that they try to do. And I don't want the next generation to to have to do the same thing. I'd like to find some solutions so that we don't have more protests and riots and and racial tensions in our country. I'd love to find some solutions, but but as of now, I think we're still working towards that. 
Uh, and it's not over. Even if you don't hear about it as much, there's still conversations to be had. There's still um, things to be done. There's still progress to, re- to be made. It's probably not as bad as a lot of people think, um, how some people think. Some people um, really just really just focus on, on the negativity and how bad it is. But I don't think it's that bad. Um, I don't think it's as bad as some people think. I do think we've made a lot of progress, but it's not over. We haven't arrived, right? Um, Our current situation may not be as bad as some people think, but it's not over. It's it's progressing, but we're not done. Um, Another thing that's not over made me think about, um, you know, back in January, Martin Luther King Day. And I saw more people posting about talking about MLK than maybe I've ever seen, um, which I think is good. I think it's good to have the conversations. It's good to celebrate him. Um, but I saw kind of two different camps for the most part. Um, a lot of people landed in one of these two camps were either, um, in thanking MLK, good job. That's history. It's done. You brought us forward. I appreciate it. Um, now let's move on. And then there was another camp that was like, do you see the dogs and the fire hoses and the marches? And this is what we as black people go through. And like most things, the truth is somewhere in the middle and we're not, it's not as bad as it was in his time, but it's also not over. It's not like, um, you know, we, we teach it uh, civil rights era as kind of like it was in the past. It was done. A neat little bow. It's over. Martin Luther King marched. We got rights. Now we're good, but it's not that simple. You know, we all, everyone in life, we like a neat little bow on things. We like conclusion to move on to the next thing, but that's not how life works most of the time. So I, I absolutely recognize um, the struggle and, and the progress that was made when Martin Luther King was marching, he was marching for, there were literally laws. Segregation was legal, was the law of the land in America. Like there was literally laws in place that they were like, no, you can't sit at certain places. You can't go into certain restrooms. Like, like literally they fought and, and overturned those, those very racist laws that were being enforced by the American government. Uh, those laws have been changed <laughs> That's not a, a legal thing anymore, but there are still things that we deal with. The battle's not over. The struggle's not over. We've come a very long way, um, and, and really, in really not that long a time. Um, if you think about in history, you know we teach history a lot of times as past. It's over. It's done. Uh, like it was so long ago, right? If you read in a history book, you feel like it was back. You know, American Revolution, like way back when. Even Civil War and slavery wasn't that long ago, but then when you think about Martin Luther King, really it wasn't that long ago. That was the 60s. My parents were alive during that. Uh, your parents might have still been alive during that. In fact, you might have been alive. I don't know who's watching this or who's listening to this, but you might have been alive during the Civil Rights Movement and Martin Luther King, and it really wasn't that long ago, um, but we've made progress. But it, we have moved from that. We're not still in that same place where Martin Luther King was marching. And I think both sides, again, people that are that are still kind of mad about it and still think we're just as bad as we were then. And then the people that think, oh, that was a way long time ago and this is done. But there were literal but at that time we've made progress. There were literal laws in place that that he fought and marched to overturn. Those laws have been overturned. That doesn't mean things are perfect now. It means we've made progress, but we still have a ways to go. And again, talking about defining terms, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. It's it's so important to define your terms because um, I hear a lot about systemic racism 
and then systematic racism. And I didn't actually know that those are two different things. Um, I, I might have mentioned this in, in one episode before, but it's worth repeating because I think this is really, really important uh, in the conversations that uh, you're having, that we're having, that I'll have um, in the next probably 10 episodes or so, I think is what I'm shooting for for season two. Um, but it's important to define your terms and to know what people are talking about because to have a conversation, we have to be on the same page. Um, you know, I talk about, I use sports analogies a lot. Um, skip over this if and, and go on a little bit. I'll stop talking about it in a second. But the, the sports analogy of like MVP conversation, um, it's, it's sports, so it's fun to talk about it. But, but people say, is it the best player on the best team? Or is it the person who's literally most valuable and has helped their team the most? Like if you took them off their team, how bad would they be? Um, and that's that's a great debate that that we sports fans have all the time. Who's the real MVP? Uh, if you took this person off the team, they wouldn't win five games. Uh, and he's got them fighting for a championship. Does that make him him the MVP? Or is it this guy over here who they would still make the playoffs, they'd still be a pretty good team, but they wouldn't be real championship contenders without this, their best player. Um, how, how valuable is a player if he, you know, hasn't, if his team's not winning that much? Is he the most valuable in the league? Well, maybe he really is. I could argue that Kevin Garnett should have been the MVP every single year he played because that Wolves team shouldn't have won three or four games without him. But, you know, it wasn't until he actually won and when they were the one seed in the playoffs is when he won the MVP. Um, got distracted from that. Maybe I'll add some of that out anyways, but uh, it's important to define your terms. So when we talk about systemic racism and systematic racism, systematic racism, and I looked this up a little bit, did some research, not a ton, but I found a couple of really good definitions that helped me personally define it. So now when I have these conversations, this is what I'm using, right? It'd be great if we're all on the same terms, but at least when you're having a conversation with somebody, try to get on the same page, try to define your terms. And so I, the definition that I found that I liked was systematic racism is when there are systems and laws in place that are racist, that are meant to keep a certain people group down. In America here, we're talking about black people, minorities in general, but systematic racism is what Martin Luther King fought for. That's what he marched for. That's what they did their protests and their sit-ins. That's what he was jailed for because um, there were literal, literal laws in place. This country... Um, you know, when they wrote all men are created equal, they didn't really believe it at the time, um, obviously with slavery. So, so that's, and then, and then beyond slavery, don't, don't think like racism ended and that black people were then equal in America after slavery ended. Uh, there was a lot of hurdles still to overcome. Like I said, even the laws in place, uh, as, as few as 60 years ago, it wasn't that long ago, um, when there were literal laws in place, but then systemic racism from what I found here and the way that I define it is the results, the lingering effects of those systematic racist laws, right? So systemic racism, when I say, if, if for me, when I say systemic racism still exists to a certain extent in America, I, I don't mean there are laws in place that, that are keeping minorities down. I believe that there are still lingering results of the unjust laws that have since been changed, but the effects keep going. They keep going because, um, you know, if it was illegal for for my parent to hold a certain job, then I then I'm at a lower place in life, or I start from a further back place in life. Um, you know, laws that uh, unjustly incarcerated black men and then created more fatherless homes, um, and then you have a generation of black men growing up 
um, without fathers. And how do you think that's going to affect them? Well, they're going to end up in the same system that put their dad in jail. Um, you see that happening quite a bit in America still. So I believe that, and then I believe there are still lasting results of systemic racism. Um, of the racist laws that were in place. And, you know, even things like there aren't a lot of black CEOs. Well, um, black people have not been um, reaching for those jobs as long as white people have. And so they've over the over time created, um, you know, just um, networks, people together, they've been uh, generational wealth, that kind of stuff that can be, in my mind, systemic racism that I think is still a problem in America. And I don't know if we can completely get rid of systemic racism. Um, I think it'll take a while, um, a really long time. I think generations to like we're talking about the generational wealth and uh, it's gonna take time. I think that's a lot of our, of our current struggle is the lingering effects of laws that are no longer in place, uh, which I think is important to define because then one, it just helps with communication. Um, you know, people arguing that systemic racism does or doesn't exist. Some people are saying systematic racism doesn't exist. That's what they're actually talking about. Uh, they're just using the word systemic. And so there are people that think that they're using the word systemic. They mean systematic and they still still think it does exist. Um, but you can't have that conversation. You can't have that discussion without um, defining those terms. So, so I think that's important. And I, and I don't know uh, how long it would it would take for generations to to battle systemic racism so we don't still see the lingering results of the racist laws of the past. Um, I don't know. Maybe we won't get rid of it. Maybe it'll take three, four generations. I don't know. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't work towards it. I also think it's important to know um, something that's not over is racism. And I'm not talking about systemic racism. I'm not talking about laws in place. I'm not even talking about like corporations and people that won't give jobs. I'm talking about just racism. Racism is not over and it's not going to be. And I think that's a, it sucks. And that's a stupid thing. I don't like that. Um, but there's always going to be hateful people. It's always going to be evil people. Um, America did not invent racism when they had slavery. Even if you just look back in the Bible, whether you believe in the Bible or not, um, the Egyptians had Jews as slaves. I think that's a historic fact. I don't think that's, um, def that's, just for people that, that believe the Bible. I think that's a historic fact. But either way, um, people are mean to people and people hate people. And, um, you know, black people aren't the only people that have been treated wrongly for the color of their skin or for their nationality, uh, for the way they look. Um, so unfortunately, racism is not ever going to end. There will be racist people. Um, and I say that not to like be discouraging and to be because it kind of bums me out a little bit, but because I think we need to have realistic expectations and I think we need to um, kind of define our goals and what we're working toward. Um, I'll, I'll mention his name, Pastor Brian Sullivan, who is my principal at Maranatha now, uh, my boss's, boss's boss maybe, um, but he, he works, I work for him at the church and he always, you know, I've heard him say numerous times, progress over perfection. Uh, some of us want perfection so bad, uh, not just in this area, but in a lot of different areas, we want perfection so bad that we don't ever make progress because we're um, expecting perfection and we're trying to, we talk about it forever and never actually do anything because we want to make sure we have this perfect plan. Or sometimes, um, I don't know, I do this sometimes, I get overwhelmed with a task and I throw my hands up and say, 
it can't happen. I'm not, I'm, I'm done. I'm not even going to try. Um, and so that's why progress over perfection, understanding that, that racism will never truly end. Because if you looked at the world and say, oh, racism is such a big problem, why even try? Um, we can't end it. We can't. We, we work towards making it better. We work on making progress. Um, like I said, systemic racism, effects of lingering laws, lingering effects of, of racist laws in our country. Um, maybe that's something we can work to change. Maybe there are policies that we can change, whether it's for better policing or for, um, you know, I'm not a big affirmative action fan, but ways to help uh, minorities get more jobs of power and for, to be better represented uh, in the leadership uh, of our country and of, you know, corporations and churches. And um, what can we do to do that? I think that's a thing that we can that we can work towards. I think we can work on making that better. Um, but every racist person that ever exists, I mean, sorry, there's, I feel like there's just, there's, I don't feel like there is going to be um, people that hate for no reason. That's unfortunately the way the world works. Um, it's also important, I think, to, to, to understand that because um, you have to learn how to deal with it because it's not going away. It's going to get better. I think we can make progress. I think we can. I think it can be better. But it's not going to go away, to where um, you'll never have to deal with racism. Um, you know. So we have to keep having these conversations. We have to keep talking about it. We have to to learn how to deal with it. Right. If someone's going to hate you for the color of your skin, you have to to know how to deal with it. You have to know how to be reaffirmed. You have to know how to believe in yourself, regardless of what people think. Um, you know, I've had these conversations with people about bullying. Um, yes, it's great to stop bullying and do everything we can to stop bullying, but we also have to teach people how to handle that. Um, because not everybody's going to be nice to you. You're going to come across people. I don't care if it's on the playground or in the boardroom, you're going to come across people who just don't like you and are mean and rude. And you're going to have to learn how to deal with difficult people. Um, unfortunately, you're going to have to learn how to deal with difficult people in life, including some people that might be racist. So unfortunately, we can't stop everyone from being racist. We can't legalize racism out of the country, right? We can't make it illegal and then prosecute and persecute um, people that do. Um, what we can do is we can work on ourselves. We can um, look for biases within our own life and things that we um, issues that we have, and we can try to make that better. We can work with our friends and family, like the circle of influence that we have. We can keep having these conversations, um, listen and share podcasts like this, right? Um, not a selfish plug because there's other ones too, but also, um, I, I believe some of these conversations can be very helpful, um, to people and there's things we can do. And I think the other problem that people have besides just ignoring it, and there are plenty of people who, who think that racism in any way doesn't really exist in America right now, which I don't think makes any sense. Um, we can all agree that that racism still exists to some extent and always will. But um, the way that I've I've had these conversations about racism um, with friends and family and people before and one of the way that I describe it is racism is like a car in this sense. I was just talking to my parents. They just bought a new truck and now they see that truck everywhere, right? You've probably heard someone talk about this before in some way, shape or form. When you are looking for a car or you just bought a new car, you see that car everywhere. Um, and you don't see it if you're not looking about it, if you're not looking for it. Racism is kind of like that. If you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. Um, I've talked about this. You know, this is one of the part of the big part of the conversation my wife and I had on the podcast last season was 
Um, if you're white in the suburbs, you probably don't even think about it because you don't ever deal with it. Um, so if you're in that situation, I would recommend that you think about it a little bit more, that you expand your circles of influence, that you um, talk to people, have conversations with people that don't look like you, um, and get to know people, expand your network a little bit, and understand that, that some people still deal with this on a very real basis. But then the opposite is also true. If you're looking for racism, you're going to see it everywhere. I know people who they think everyone that's ever been mean to them or looked at them funny or cut them off in traffic or done the littlest things, they say it's because they're black. They say it's racist. They say that the person's racist. And I want to challenge those people, if you see it everywhere, then stop looking so hard. Because not because I, I don't want you to, to call out the problem and try to fix it, but because that's not a healthy way to live your life. If you are black and you think everybody hates you because you're racist, that's it's it's tough. And you think everybody hates you because they're racist. That's that's a tough way to live your life. Um, there's enough burden of actual racism that exists. You don't need to add more to it, and you don't need to call out people for being racist when a lot of times they're not. Um, it can only fuel the fire. It might only make things more difficult. So, um, you know, like I said, if you're looking for racism. If you see it all the time, you're probably looking too much. If you don't ever see it, you're probably not looking hard enough. Um, and like most things in life, um, the the truth is in the middle. And that's what we try to be um, balanced in a lot of things and just about everything, really, um, to not go too far. Everything's racist. Not go this way. Racism doesn't exist um, because it does. It might not be as bad as some people think, um, but it still exists. It's still happening and um, it's still something that we're always going to have to deal with to a certain extent. But how can we make progress? Those are the conversations that we need to have is um, how can we make progress? How can we help a little bit? What, what can I do to help? One of the things that I can do in my own life, besides having conversations uh, with friends and family and expanding my own um, you know, network, my own circle of influence, but, but this podcast, hosting these conversations um, trying to, to get out, um, you know, my thoughts and feelings, not because I have all the answers, but because it's, it's continuing this conversation. You know, a lot of my thoughts and feelings didn't come from, from book learning, didn't come from reading a book, but from conversations that I've had with people. And, and you've heard some of those and you'll hear more of those, um, on this season, but, this is one thing that I know that I can do to help. This is not going to fix racism. This is not going to solve the world's problems, but it'll help. And again, progress over perfection. Um, the other thing that's not over is black history. It's March now. Um, and I thought about uh, launching this podcast season two uh, in February for black history month. Um, and I thought about it and I, I could have gotten it out in February. Um, but I intentionally waited till March because I, to me, it's important that, that black history and these conversations continue after February. Um, one of the things that always stood out to me, and I don't know if McDonald's still does this, but I remember in high school going to a McDonald's in February and multiple McDonald's, it was everyone I went to during February, they had posters up that, that, that said three, six, five black. I was like, cool, but you only have those up in February. <laughs> so let's support the black community, black history, all year round. Let's not stop in February. Um, so I wanted to continue these conversations and launch this in March. And and it might hurt um, from a marketing standpoint. It might have been smarter to launch it in February. But I want to be intentional about continuing these conversations after February. 
about having these conversations in March and April and continuing um, throughout all the year. I personally wish we didn't have to have a Black History Month. Um, I'm coming around a little bit because there is definitely value in in um, in Black History Month, but I wish it was just part of history. I wish we didn't separate it and pull it out like like it's different. Um, because I think um, you know the history, the role models, the inspirational, the leaders, the inventors, um, that should be just part of history, of life, of conversations that we have. Um, and I wish that it didn't have to be separated um, as black history. But maybe it's maybe that's where we are now. So so I'd rather have it than not and just never have black history. Um, but but can we continue the conversations um, after February? That's important to me. The other thing, black history is not over because we're still making black history. Um, I, I tried to get last year. Uh, Target had a shirt that just said, I am black history. And my cousin, if you heard him on the podcast last season, Kellen, he had a shirt. He got one of those shirts and actually did a photo shoot. He works for Target um, corporate and he was part of their, their campaign. Um, And I was, I wanted one of those shirts so bad and I couldn't find it. Maybe I was just too late to the party or whatever. Um, But I love that one because he's mixed like me and he's like, I don't care if you don't think I look black enough to be black history. Um, I'm proud of my legacy of my family history of where I came from and the history that I'm still making. And that's so important to me to keep making history. I don't want you to, to, to observe black history month and read about all these people that did stuff in the past. I want you to go out and make history. It's good to celebrate history and learn from history, but more importantly, keep making history, be a leader, be a role model, change the world. And if you have to see somebody that looks like you do it first, right? I've had conversations with people about, you know, having a black president with Barack Obama and now a black female vice president. Um, I believe she's Indian too, Kamala Harris and, and what that representation means. If you need to see somebody do it first um, and you use black history to celebrate um, inventors and doctors and leaders and politicians and um, all these people, if you need to see them do it and have that role model, that's great. Look up to them. Um, if they have to look like you, then great. I, I think you can have leaders and examples and role models that don't look like you. That's fine too. Um, but more importantly, even uh, don't even look for don't you don't even need those people. You don't need to see somebody do it first, right? So many of us are looking for the trail on where to go and what to do and how to lead this life. But God didn't call us to walk a trail. He created us and called us to be trailblazers. So, yeah, it's great if you see someone do it first and you want to follow in their examples, but I want to encourage you, don't wait for somebody else to do it. And certainly don't wait for somebody that looks like you to do it. Um, If you have never seen a black or a female um, or Asian or Hispanic or somebody like that, that looks like you accomplish this thing, who cares? Just go out and do it. Don't be limited by what you see. If God puts something on your heart, go out and do it. Go change the world. Go, instead of looking for a role model, go be the role model. Instead of looking for an example, go set an example. So I'm not not saying don't have role models, don't look, have examples uh, set for you, but, but don't worry so much about finding an example. Instead, focus on setting an example for other people. If you can't find an example, if you can't find a role model, then go be the example. Go be the leader, go be the role model that you were maybe looking for and go be that for somebody else. And this isn't limited to, to just black, even though, you know, we're talking about race, we're talking about black history coming out of black history month, but regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your gender, 
go go do it. Don't wait for somebody else to do it first. Don't wait for a trail. Go be a trailblazer. Mm-hmm.